hands. He stepped forward and took her by the waist, swaying her side to side. Come now, he teased. Don't tell me you've become a jealous wife. Am I allowed to be a frustrated one? We've been planning this event for months. I know, darling. Daniela's worked so hard. I know, I know. I have eight dozen tea cakes on order from Mr. Forsbury. Mrs. Nichols has her finest suite prepared at the Queen's Ruby, and all the other rooms are filled with visitors eager to hear Miss Browning speak. The tradespeople are expecting a much-needed day of brisk business, right before the holidays. They're all expecting a grand success, and now... A voice cracked. The weather is bad, the roads are worse. And some unforgivable bastard forgot the sherry. I just hate to disappoint everyone. And Griff hated to disappoint his wife. But he had. He gathered her into a hug and pressed a kiss to her crown. I'm sorry. She sighed, leaning into his embrace. Doesn't even matter. Miss Browning's coach was supposed to arrive two hours ago. In all likelihood, she won't make it at all. He pulled back and slid his hands to cup her face, willing those troubled eyes to clear. I'm certain Miss Browning will arrive on time. No one can control the weather. You can't promise that. I can, he insisted. I'm promising you now. Finish your preparations. Miss Browning will arrive on time. He would get that scribbling spinster here if he had to cart her from Canterbury himself. And some way, somehow, Griff would procure some goddamn sherry. All were silent, sickeningly, torturously silent. Nora's shaken mind groped for understanding. The carriage had come to rest, not quite on its side, but at a steep slant. The two of them had landed in a tangled heap of limbs on the carriage floor. Dash. She wanted to speak to him, call out, but panic had seized her tongue. Her voice refused to work. Nora. Relief flooded her. She felt ashamed of all those stupid prayers she'd sent heavenward earlier that afternoon. This was the only answer that mattered. He roused and twisted, as if trying to get a glimpse of her face. His fingers brushed a lock of loosened hair from her brow, and an idiotic frisson of pleasure chased through her. He'd never touched her so tenderly. No man had. Nora, he echoed, his voice hoarse. For God's sake, answer. Tell me you're well. She managed a nod. Her whole body trembled. No doubt he was anxious to have her weight off him. But no part of her wanted to move. Lord, this was so embarrassing. Sorry, she forced out. I, I... Hush. His strong arms gathered around her, easing her trembling. All is well. The coach took a skid off the road, that's all. You're unharmed. And you? Dash, you're not... He shushed her. I'm unharmed as well. It's over. She closed her eyes. His heartbeat pounded against her cheek, strong and steady. His arms held her tight. All too soon, those powerful arms flexed, lifting her onto the cushioned carriage seat. He kicked the carriage door open and made his way through. I'll just look in on the driver, he told her. She nodded again. The door fell closed with a bang.
Alone, Nora collapsed onto the seat cushion and curled into a ball. No matter how tightly she held her knees, she couldn't seem to stop shaking. She closed her eyes and tried to recall the feeling of safety. And her mind ran straight back to his embrace. How powerful and unyielding his arms had felt. And well, she supposed they would be, after four years of sea voyages. Dash would not be the sort of explorer to remain in his cabin, poring over charts. No, he would be hauling on rigging and battening hatches with the crew, honing his arms to nothing but sculpted muscle and cords of sinew, covered by taut, bronzed skin. She really shouldn't be thinking of him thus. She'd promised herself she wouldn't entertain foolish dreams like this ever again. But this wasn't quite a dream, was it? It was a memory. He treated you so poorly, she reminded herself sternly.